I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Luka was open. Amino a wild closeout. Luka the lead for Richardson. Put back. Flush. Over the With a unicorn. Over the top. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The magic man, one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? To quote... The great Jalen Brunson, as he just tweeted, vibes are immaculate right now. Mm, mm. Woo, let's go. What about those Mavericks right now? Winners of eight of the last 10, nine of the last 12. They're setting at ninth still in the Western Conference, but they are a game back from being in seventh, a game and a half back from being sixth, and just two games back from being fifth in the Western Conference. Hey, it turns go. out having your players is beneficial. <laughs> turns out. That, hey, Rick Carlisle said that after the game about uh, Tim McMahon at ESPN asked him and said, hey, what have you learned about your team during this stretch? And he, he said what uh, was on everyone's mind, that, hey, we're much better <laughs> when we're not dealing with COVID. Turns out on today's show, Isaac and I are going to break down the Dallas Mavericks 130 to 124 defense optional win over the Orlando Magic. It seems like defense optional is a continuing theme with the Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about that. We'll get into that. Porzingis, questionable first half, better second half. Luka, absolutely incredible. Maybe one of the best passing games of his season so mm. far. Nine assists for him, but still some of the passes he was making. And uh, it's just absolutely incredible, the play that he's he's having right now. 22 years old. Happy birthday to Luca. He gets the win day after his birthday. Can, no. can we say something real quick on that? Luka Doncic, 22 years old. One, is, that, is this a one first thing instead of one more thing? It is. One first thing. I was just thinking about this tonight because we've, we've been talking about this draft class a lot over these past few weeks because of how great Jalen Brunson has been and the fact that We've been saying on the spot that Jalen Brunson is the second best Maverick uh, this season. It's wild that before Jalen Brunson ever turned or ever played an NBA game, he turned 22. Like, <laughs> think about that. Think about all the accolades that Luca had before he turned 22. And Brunson hadn't even played a single. Like he turned 22 before he played an NBA season. Well, you saw Bobby Corrala tweet out all of Luca's accomplishments before turning 22 years old. And did you see who quote tweeted it? Oh, well, Bobby and Dwayne Wade, they're like best friends and they're <laughs> Snapchat friends. They have a streak going. And uh, Bobby has a signed Wade jersey from the 06 finals. And I actually joked with Bobby the other day. Now we're just talking about Bobby on this pod. But I joked with Bobby the other day and I said, hey, what if you pull a top shot moment of Dwayne Wade in like the 06 finals? And you could have an opportunity to make a lot of money off of a Dwayne Wade 06 finals yeah. moment in a. What's uh, the yeah. moral ethical code there for an MFF, MFFL? <laughs> Let alone a Mavs team employee like Bobby is. Wow. That's so true. But anyway, yeah, just the 22 years old thing. And this, just these two guys, they will always be tied together because of that draft class. And that Brunson, we get it. He's not Luka Doncic. 
but he's so much better than a 33rd overall pick than, I mean, what he's been playing like and what he means to this team. It's just massive. And they have this awesome chemistry on and off the court. They're best buddies. I, I've said it before too. Jalen Brunson would be the guy that Luca would miss more than anybody on this roster. Boban, yeah, so. anybody. It would be Brunson that if they, you know, if, yeah, that would be the one that would hurt Luca the most. And I just love these two guys. It's the combination of him being a good player and, and playing a lot of minutes and them playing well together, plus the friendship that they've, you know, the chemistry and all that. Uh, our guy Jimmy, all things Mavs on Twitter. All these players were selected before Jalen Brunson in the 2018 draft. You ready for this list? Oh, let's go. Tell me, besides Trey Young, who? Mohamed Bamba. <laughs> oh, man. Mo Bamba. Jerome Robinson. Troyson Brown Jr. Zaire Smith, Chandler Hutchinson, Grayson Allen. Uh, Anthony Simons, Mo Wagner, Landry Shamit, Jacob Evans, Yannan Musa, Omari Spellman, Elliot Kobo, Javon Carter. <laughs> There's a lot of good playoff teams that would love to have Brunson right now. A lot of those teams at the end of that first round that they would love to have Jalen Brunson right now. I think every team on this list that drafted those players could really, really use a Jalen Brunson right now, right? Like, yeah. think about Simons with the the Blazers. They would love to have a Jalen Brunson right now. I uh, mean, well, I cannot wait for this dunk contest. To tune in for Cassius Stanley versus Anthony Simons, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I will be glued Stanley's to Stanley's going to throw some down, though. I, I, I'm, I'm still holding out hope that Stanley's going to be a really, really good dunk This competition's contest. a joke now. All right, let's get into the game. We've been talking about Jalen Brunson. I guess we should start there. We'll get into Luke in the second segment. Jalen Brunson, 24 points, six boards, three assists, nine of 13 from the field, three of six from three. And Jalen, like Jalen Brunson, Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Henderson, friend of the pod that we, you know, make fun of all the time, but he makes good points, uh, which is why we bring him on the pod. But he's <laughs> he he was like Sent, like sending all those kind of funny tweets at the beginning of the season, like fire Jalen Brunson into the sun, all those kind of things because Jalen Brunson wasn't playing That's that every well. Every role player. I know, but at the beginning of the season, <laughs> he was saying that. And it's really changed. And one of the things that Kirk said tonight was that the Mavericks changed Jalen Brunson's role. Where have you heard that before? The Mavericks changed Jalen Brunson's role. And Paging Dwight Powell. He's not trying to set stuff up all the time anymore. He's not just trying to, like, all right, you're going to initiate the offense. You're going to be a traditional point guard and do that kind of stuff. You're not going to be J.J. Barea, right? You're going yeah. to be Jalen Brunson. And so they just released him to just score and make the right play and trust him to make the right play. And that's something that they can trust Jalen Brunson to do. He's a guy that's been around enough. His dad was an NBA player. Those guys usually have really, really good basketball IQs. Jalen Brunson does and they just released him to just go make the right play and a lot of times that's let Jalen Brunson score and he does 24 points in this game second leading score I mean his stats over the last stretch here have been absolutely incredible we saw that game where Luca was out and he took over he had 30 points and all that Jalen Brunson the way that they've changed what he's doing and what he's allowed to do or asked to do has really opened things up and honestly like it's working a lot it's really working between him and Tim Hardaway Jr. That is the bench. That's all the bench scoring you need, pretty much, on a given night. Yeah, we should start the hashtag like "Let Jalen Cook." We just let just let him cook. Let him unleash the Brunson burner. <laughs> yeah, the, set the, the Brunson, pot on the Brunson burner. Uh, I did this uh, pregame thing for uh, yeah the Magic their their website uh, before the game and earlier today, and I was talking to uh, him on the phone, and he asked me, he's like, "Hey, you know the supporting cast outside of Luca, what?" You know, who should Orlando be looking out for tonight, basically? 
And uh, I said, hey, I can't hype up Jalen Brunson enough because uh, this man has, you know, what he's been, you know, doing this season. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I feel validated in this that he had 24 tonight, you know, off the bench and uh, killed it again. But, you know, it's not, you know, it's not KP. It's not Tim Hardaway. Those aren't the guys right now that, I mean, you want, but those aren't the guys I'm saying that are, I don't even say the second. I mean, I, I do say Jalen's the second best, but it's Brunson that has like kind of taken that over. And that's a solid thing. I think, I think it is a good thing, you know, for Brunson. Now it's okay. We know this is the level that Brunson can play at. Now can we get now? It's just a matter of like the what if game, right? It's like, all right, we that's what one of if? our favorite games. Yeah, but it's like what what if KP can get back to that level? What does this team? I mean, they've won eight out of the last 10, nine of the last 12. Like, we haven't even, I mean, what, what percentage would we say KP's at right now? What percentage, what, you know, percentage would we say that Josh Richardson is at right now of like what yeah. he will be at the end of the season? Like these are two of the like top three players that we, we said before the season, like, oh, those are our three best players, right? You know, right here. And two of those guys, have they hit 60% of their potential in this offense? I don't know. I mean, KP. So that's the thing to where there's still another level for this team to go and to see, Hardaway playing at the level you know that he's playing at and shooting the ball like he is, but more importantly, seeing Jalen Brunson take that step, you know, as a player too. That's yeah, that that's huge for this team. It's absolutely huge. But Jalen Brunson stepping up, becoming the player that he's become, he's I think he's raised a level as far as I think he was he was probably a fifty percent player at the beginning of this season or coming into the season, and then what we expect from him. And now he's probably like, what, 75%? He's probably raised it that much where you can rely on Jalen Brunson to have a good game 75% of the time. Now, maybe he's not going to score 20 points, but he's going to have a solid game, score 14, maybe he'll have five assists, six assists in a game. He's just going to bring solid playmaking and make a good you know, play. He's not going to be a liability on defense either. There was a couple people, <laughs> Mavs draft, Richard uh, was going back and forth with some trolls about you know Jalen Brunson and Fred Van Vliet making that comparison. Mm. And I think that's a pretty good comparison. Fred Van Vliet, a better defender, but go look. I posted the the comparison between Fred Van Vliet's numbers when he was 24 in his third season, which was the same. He was undrafted player, uh, and then and then Jalen Brunson's numbers are like pretty close. Brunson's a little bit more efficient because he's having an incredibly efficient year this season, but their numbers are are pretty pretty close. Like 12, 11 points a game, couple boards, couple assists. Uh, Van Vliet had a couple more assists, but he was playing a little bit more minutes too. Uh, it's just, it, they're really, really close. And you can compare those guys. I think they're not exactly the same skill set, but they're similar type players where they're going to score and they can play, make a little bit. They're going to defend a little bit Van Vliet more than, more than Brunson. But I think that's an interesting comparison going forward. And Van Vliet took a leap in his fourth and fifth year. And he was almost an all-star this season. And, I don't know. Could Brunson be on the same path? I, it's, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of this game. Talk about Luka Doncic. Incredible game from him. 30 and 10. However, his triple-double was ruined. Ruined. Absolutely ruined. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. The Theragun. It's the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of speed, 
depth, and power. It's quiet as an electric toothbrush. You've seen a lot of NBA players use this. The other night, I was watching that insane Sacramento Kings and Charlotte Hornets game, and Mm. during a timeout, Lonzo, LaMelo Ball literally goes to the sideline, grabs a Theragun, and puts it up to his butt, and was like, like massaging some of those muscles right there near his hip. And NBA players use it, a, type, a thing like this. There's all kinds of uses for it. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So if you just use, I don't know, I don't know what they're considering vibration, like sound? <laughs> if you just like rub it? I don't know. But it's, it gets better. And the Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, athletes like athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and us. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $190. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Get that treatment that you deserve. Also, brought to you by rockauto.com. There's all kinds of makes and models. There's all kinds of stuff. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. They have different price tiers. Why would you want to be charged more for something when you can just go to rockauto.com get the part available for your car or truck and then you can just put it on yourself or you can replace it yourself or you can find somebody that knows what they're doing to put it on and you can cut that cost right there we all need to save money rockauto.com is the place to do that they have everything as well they have engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oils even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door and best of all like we said before prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why would you spend up to twice as much at some of these places that's going to swindle you? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. If you find something, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. He brings on all kinds of Lockdown hosts. It's an awesome, awesome listen. The best stuff produced by the great Allie Bronson. Some good stuff every single day. You're going to hear from us. You're going to hear from all kinds of Lockdown hosts all across this great network. I know at this point I'm a corporate shill. And uh, this is what, you know, at this point, this is what I do. I promote Lockdown. That's my living, basically. I promote Lockdown. But I am really proud of the people we have on this network. And Locked On Today is essentially a showcase for the Locked On Network. So go listen to that. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. All right, Isaac Harris. Luka Doncic. I mean, this guy. 33 points, nine boards. He got the final one at the, at the, like almost right at the buzzer. Nine assists. Should have been 10. Should have been 10. Because late in the third quarter, there's a fast break. And it's Luka, I think it's Tim Hardaway, and Jalen Brunson on either side. And I think it's a three-on-two, three-on-one situation. Luka gets a little crafty. And instead of going up for the layup himself, kicking it over to Jalen or Tim, he decides to kind of leave it and throw it behind himself. But Maxi had stopped. Maxi was supposed to be trailing and dunk the ball. Like, that should have been a huge moment. Would have been awesome. Would have been a timeout by the Magic, probably. And Maxi stops at the free throw line to give them more space. And he was asked about it after the game. And so I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to hear it because I thought it was a great question. This is Tim Cato, the athletic, asking Maxi about ruining Luka Doncic's Doncic's triple-double. 
Hey, Maxi. There was a uh, there was a four on one there, and uh, I think Luca was trying to trying to get you a bucket. And, and what exactly went down there? Because is that the reason he didn't get a triple double tonight? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Um, I kind of stopped running because I thought, okay, I'm just gonna overcrowd it, and there will be a layup for. Uh, I think it was Luca, JB, and Tim, one of them, and I stepped back. Uh, I definitely messed up his triple double tonight. Yeah, All right, bye. He said, I, I genuinely felt bad for Maxi in that moment. I, I did too because, and Tim said this on Twitter. He said, I really honestly, Tim Cato said, I honestly meant that question as a joke and laughing, you know, after a win. But Maxi really took it to heart. And I think Maxi really felt bad about messing up his triple double. If you're, if you're listening, he, uh, he looks down at his paper. He has the box score in his hand. He looks down at the paper and it's like, yeah, looks down. I really messed this up. <laughs> I really messed it up. I thought that was hilarious. Yes, it, yeah, I took everything about that question as a joke, and Maxi seemed so serious about it. And it was a funny play, you know. I mean, Rick even mentioned it after the game. Yes, uh, when Rick was asked about Luca's passing, he's like, "Oh, it was great." I'm assuming, you know, with the exception of the four-on-one fast break, and uh, yeah, it was just a uh, moment. Luca probably got a little bit too uh, cute with it, but uh, <laughs> but oh, uh, I do. Here's the thing with Luca tonight. I tweeted some degree of this, but. It is an honor to watch Luca play every single game. I know. And, you know, for guys like us, we came in at the end of, you know, of Dirk's career and got the privilege and honor of watching the last few years of Dirk uh, as far as like covering the team on an everyday basis. And it's such a joy to get to watch Luca, especially when you see other fan bases. And, you know, Nick sees this more than I do as far as talk, talking to other locked on hosts who talk about other teams every single day and listen to these guys talk about their teams every day. And a lot of these other teams, they don't have a Luca or anybody <laughs> yeah. like close to Luca. You don't appreciate Luca until you have a long conversation with Matt George of Locked On Kings, or if he talked to Rylan of Locked On Thunder, or if he talked to so many other hosts across the network. Like even the Knicks guys who they'll make their jokes about Porzingis, they'll be done, and I'll be like, Are you guys done? And they're like, Yeah, we're done. And I'm like, Luca Doncic is just gonna be all NBA for the second time in his career, and he's 22 years old. And then they just like they just lose it, right? Like it's like, so tell me, wild. Tell me about it quickly. <laughs> quickly, tell me about Emmanuel. Um, but it's so fun watching Luca play and making highlight clips and all this stuff and just seeing the joy that he plays with. But tonight, this version of Luca is a different type of fun. He played so much more lighter. He was so, he felt free out there. It felt, I don't know what he did today or last night to get him, uh, this, uh, loose and free playing tonight. But he was having so much fun. His birthday fun. must have been good. His birthday <laughs> night must have been fun. Whatever he did, quarantine. Hey, I got a theory. Do we know who traveled? New Holger, holding up her end of the deal. <laughs> uh, but he he was so much fun tonight. And just, he you could tell he had an extra like step. He yeah. Just the energy from him. He was just having so much fun. And the team feeds off that. And when I wrote that that leadership piece on him back a few weeks ago for Mavs.com, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, when the players were talking to me about him as a leader, they mentioned from Willie to KP, they, they mentioned how carefree he plays and how that like unlocks this thing with the team of 
all right, if he's our leader, we know we can trust him in these clutch moments, all this stuff, but he's having so much fun and he's so carefree out there. It like loosens it up for everyone else. And just to see that tonight and see those passes and see those plays and to see him laughing. And I mean, I Austin uh, Gurria jo- joked about it on Twitter. He was like, he just doesn't even respect the magic. I think there's a part uh, <laughs> definitely truth to that uh, because I don't think I respect that magic team. That- and if I was as good as Luca, I wouldn't respect that team either. Who was the okay? I tweeted this. Who was the play at the end of the in the middle of the third quarter? Was it Bacon? Where he yeah, seven minutes in the third quarter, and he just like in transition just runs up and just like crosses, crosses like little hezzy, and then crosses again, steps back and drills a three right. Like it was just like he was playing on the playground, and yeah. no one else was around. Like he was, it was like he was practicing that move. It was wild. It was an it incre- felt like, incredible play. It felt like this entire game, I was watching a halftime performance. It was like <laughs> Luca was the halftime performer, it was, except it was the entire game. It was like when the when you have like eighth graders go out there and there's like the one pro that's going out there and playing. Yes, but he it felt so entertaining tonight that he stepped on the floor and is like, hey, I'm going to entertain everybody tonight. From every pass to every little play, from the shots to the dribble moves, it, it honestly felt like he was walking out there with that same energy, that same confidence as a halftime performer, except it was for the entire NBA game. And that's the Luka Doncic experience. 100%. Last 10 games, Isaac mentioned Mavericks are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Luka, 36 minutes a game, just about 32 points, shooting 52% from the field, 46.5% from three. He's hitting four of his eight and a half threes a game over this 10-game stretch. Now, under 70% for the free throw line, but you know, it's, it's kind of pick your pick whichever you one you want with Luca. He's either going to be hitting his free throws or he's going to be hitting his threes. Only seven and a half rebounds, eight assists, four turnovers, and uh, he's a plus five on average. And the Mavericks are winning games, and Luca's putting up numbers, and he's honestly like he can play better. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there, there's there's areas in, in that stat line even that you can see like, oh, he can play better. He can turn the ball over less. He can hit his free throws. He can take like he can still take it up a level, which is just wild to think about. But I was thinking about this. I was listening to, um, I think it was it was Simmons or Zach Lowe or so, one of those two pods, and they're talking about what you want in a player. And why, like, just straight up scorers aren't good enough anymore. You need to have a distributor. You need to have a creator that doesn't just create for himself. He can create for others too. And why it's so important to have it because I think it actually was Zach Lowe because they were talking about the Clippers and the Celtics and how those two teams are so similar because they have the two main guys that they can hit shots and they can hit real tough shots, like playoff level shots. And if it's working, it works really well. But those two guys don't create passes and so do the the Celtics guys Tatum and Brown they don't hit they don't get passes or create offense in the same way that a Luka or a LeBron or you know somebody like that does and that's just a, another level game changer to have a guy like that and so now these teams are looking for like oh Kemba needs to step up for the Celtics to be good oh do the Clippers need a point guard right the Mavericks yeah. don't need that they have their score and point guard and distributor all in the same package and it's it's insane it's insane. Coming up, let's get into some more. We have to talk about Porzingis, though. We gave Luca his accolades. We're going to talk about Porzingis. And uh, kind of a confusing game for him. It's kind of a tale of two halves for him. So we'll talk about that, get into that. And then maybe some why the Mavericks defense is so bad, right? I mean, <laughs> why are we going to talk about something negative, Nick? Come on. Giving up 124 to the Magic? We'll talk about this it. This Magic up. team is really good. 
Everybody watching on WFAA can definitely <laughs> can definitely see Isaac's face hiding behind his hat. Coming up, we'll talk about all that. <coughs> but before we do, bet on. I don't have a cough button. Get off me. <laughs> we need to get you. We need to invest in that. It's it's gotten so much better than years ago, though. Remember, you used to cough like all the time on you, the podcast. Year two was like a cough all year. Yes, it was. We're so we're very thankful that you've gotten over that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get into all the sports action to bet on it. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and all that is still going. There's so much stuff going on right now. And you can bet on it. You can do live betting. There's so many things that you can get into. Let's look at they have some NBA specials here. Uh NBA Coach of the Year. Where's Carlisle on this list? Who plus four thousand? Way down there. Way down there for Coach of the Year. Number one, Quinn Snyder, minus 300. Doc Rivers, plus 700. Monty Williams, plus 800. Greg Popovich, plus 1,000. Steve Nash, plus 1,200. What's that, Lloyd Pierce? Thibodeau, plus 1,200. That one's interesting. Borrego, plus 1,400. I'm kind of liking that one. You could see see people, Mm. like, talk themselves into the Hornets as, you know, if the Hornets get to, like, you know, a 45 win pay or 50 win pace or something like that this season, you could see some people talk themselves into James Borrego. So that's pretty, that's pretty far odds right there. I'm not sure I'd put money on it, but it's an interesting Lloyd, one. Lloyd Pierce odds. <laughs> Are that the, Bet online updates really fast. So they definitely have Lloyd Pierce off here. Uh, they may even have. Tibbs you know, has to be like top three right now, right? I, well, I said he's plus 1,200, so Tibbs might be an interesting one too. Borrego and Tibbs could be really, really interesting, especially if – Quinn Snyder's probably going to win it, but especially if the oh, Jazz yeah. go on some kind of slump at the end of the season or something like that. But if you want to put money on it, go to betonline.ag. Put the, in the promo code LOCKDOWN. you get a 50% welcome bonus to the first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, and some of the best international prospects you haven't heard of yet. How much do you know about these potential superstars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Subscribe for scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed experts. Subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft today. Great episode today by Raphael. He is scouted in, I didn't even know this about him, honestly. In uh, all the interview process and everything, I don't know if I realize he's scouted in Turkey, Africa, Asia. He's scouted all wow. over the place. He's had real experience, and so he did the first episode of the Lockdown NBA Draft where he talked about the best international prospects that nobody has heard of yet. So if you guys are listening, if you're overseas, you're in Europe or somewhere, and you want to hear about some of these guys or you know some of these guys, you want to hear what he has to say about them, go listen Lockdown NBA Draft. All right, Isaac. Can I ask you a question first? Absolutely not. <clears throat> Okay, so you posted something on your Twitter. Uh, I think it was yesterday, and I, I thought I, I was cannot so- be responsible for what I post on my Twitter during a game. Oh, okay, during a game, it's like, okay, were you drinking and watching Avatar? Re- retweets and tweets are not endorsements. You you post something I thought I was so intriguing because, and it this relates to Carlisle's uh, comment earlier about you know this team being better the belt when they're not dealing with COVID, <laughs> and. Uh, can you tell our listeners for who are not on Twitter the teams who have not had a game postponed mm. and the like and the correlation to those teams of where they're at in the standings and yeah just all of that cuz I thought it was fascinating when you tweeted that out of yeah just the the few teams who haven't had to go through not just like covid outbreaks on the team and the effects of that that lingers past the you know postponements and missing players and all that but just 
even having games that the opposing team, you know, had to, you know, be postponed and all that stuff. So Mark Stein tweeted it uh, yesterday, uh, two days ago, the 28th of February. Only three NBA teams have played all their scheduled games this season. Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers. Only three teams have played all their games this season. Uh, Toronto got their first game postponed. And uh, the Jazz only had one game postponed so far this year. And it's because of the Wizards and because of the Wizards contact tracing. Those are the best teams, right? I mean, you could take, like, the Sixers are in there, too. You could put the Sixers. Um, but the Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, and Nets, that's the top four teams. And they've only had one game postponed between all of them. Even the teams that they've played against haven't had games postponed. Like, they've just been chugging along with their schedule. And I thought that was really wild that those three teams, those four teams, have basically not had any kind of COVID run-ins. They haven't had any kind of, you know, they. I don't know if any of those teams besides the, the Nets with Durant have had any of the guys test positive really for long stretch and be out for long stretches of time. It's just, it's really interesting. And it's, can I put my tinfoil hat on? Oh, I'm ready. It's real interesting that those teams, especially those teams, right? Lakers, oh, the Lakers, cl- Lakers, yeah. Clippers, uh, Nets, like the biggest markets, the best, like the biggest stars. And then the Jazz, I guess you could, the, the Jazz is kind of understandable because they were the first team to go through all this. And so they had their guys test positive almost a year ago today, like almost a year ago at this point. So it's really interesting that those two, that those three teams have not had anybody or not have any games postponed. And I it's mean, just wild that they're the, you know, that's the teams that's at the top, you know, with the Jazz missing yeah. that one game. And, uh, you know, they're all, they have arguably the best four rosters in the yes, league. Right, so correct. I'm not trying to like, you know, anything like that. It's just fascinating that, you know, the four teams who have not had to deal with postponements and all that stuff is those four teams. And I just, I think that's whatever you want to take from that uh, information nugget, you could take from it. But I thought it was fascinating. It was really interesting. All right. I want to talk about Porzingis a little bit. So he started the game uh, just absolutely chucking. Like, I mean, he's 0 of 6 from 3 in the first half. And he was just throwing up shots. He had another one of those plays where Luca missed him on a pick and pop. Like Luca had the rim open in the first quarter. The rim was just wide open for the Mavericks. So Luca was driving and he could have gone for a layup. It would have been contested. He probably would have gotten fouled, but instead he goes for a, like a dump off to Richardson or Dorian, I think. And then, but Porzingis was wide open at the top of the key that the magic defense was just like flocking to the ball wherever it was, like a kindergarten soccer team. I mean, they were just flocking all over. It was one of the reasons why Luca had so many open passes. But Luca missed Porzingis at the top of the key or decides not to go to him. And Porzingis then on the, like throws his arms up in the air. It could have been, with the arms thrown up in the air, it could have been, I'm open, or it could have been, ah, he missed me, I'm frustrated. Yeah. And then the very next play, Porzingis throws up this like deep three, like another, not as deep as the one against the Nets the other night, but another really deep three. And you're just like, man, are we doing this again? And then he took a bunch of open threes. He just missed a bunch of them. So I don't think that that was as much frustration, but there was that one three that was just straight up frustration three. He just took it because he didn't get the ball last time and wanted to throw up a shot. And I get concerned about shots like that. <laughs> like that. Do you, like do you do you get do you get concerned about shots like that or you think it's just it's fine because it's not a good shot. Like that yeah. this one in this game was like contested. What is he trying to prove in that with that? I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I it was different tonight compared to the other night. That game the other night when he shot the 35 footer from the logo. Was too was obvious. Just, oh, it was the most <laughs> obvious thing ever. And that was the biggest like shot statement of without having to say anything. Tonight, I don't. Uh, yeah, I think there. Was, he was. 
there's definitely an element of KP wanting to get his shots to where he can get in the rhythm and he want you know like that's just what he wants to do and for this team to be good like we need KP to score too so we get that true uh, but yeah I think there there are times that he forces some some things and uh, tonight he's still just this is game two since you know what he had the week off eight days off for the the snowstorm and then three games off and now he's back trying to get into the groove and yeah. So there's a weird thing here where Porzingis needs to take shots to get in rhythm in, an, in any given game. And the Mavericks need Porzingis to be hitting shots to be the best team that they can be. So it's like one of these things has to happen. So he either has to keep taking shots and shoot or shoot, right? You got to get back into rhythm if, you, if you're not. Uh, second half, Porzingis much better. Hit three of four threes. Uh, he was four of six from the field, 15 points. He had five boards, a couple assists as well in the second half. And it was just night and day. Like He was just night and day, a different player. And yeah. he actually, first half, I thought he defended Vooch pretty well in in the first half too. And there's certain times, obviously, he's going to get they beat. They started with Maxi on him a little bit, but Vooch is, he's so dang. But he's a, he's a handful. Like, he's Jokic, but... A worse passer, right? He has, but he still has the same scoring and rebounding of of Vooch basically, or of uh, Jokic basically. And so, yeah. But I thought Porzingis looked a little bit better defensively. There's still times where he seems lost out there, um, but I thought he had a, a, a decent game in the second half. The first half, just the shooting was was so off, uh, but he cleaned it up in the second half and, and got better. So this is a positive. Speaking, it's, it's not a negative necessarily. Speaking of cleaning up, what about that putback dunk he had? That was <laughs> nasty. Put Booch on the poster he did. Yeah. Totally I, uh, did. Halfway stood up. I was like, let's go. KP, feeling it. I like followed him all the way from the three-point line all the way. I was like, oh my God, he's gonna put he's gonna put this back. And then boom, he just dunked right over the top of Vooch. It was awesome. Great play. And that I think that's a real solid sign to see Porzingis like springing like that, elevating like that, jumping like that, exploding. Like that's good stuff from you know coming off of that injury. We didn't see that stuff at the beginning of the season, so maybe another sign. Oh, we should make a note. Willie Colley Stein exited the game. Was it the third end of the third quarter, middle of the third quarter, second quarter? I thought it was earlier than that. Maybe earlier First than half. that. Willie Colley Stein exited. He only played three minutes fifty seconds in this game, but with a thumb injury, and so that's why Dwight Powell played a lot of the second half uh, of the the bench minutes. So not sure what's going on with him. The Mavericks are just calling it a thumb injury. So we'll see what happens. Maybe. If he's out for a long extended period of time, the Mavericks may have to make a call. To Salah? Oh, can we bring back Salah, please? <laughs> Love that guy. Remember Salah's random games where he'd have like 17 and 13? Remember once the a, once a year locker room conversations up. with Salah? Those are the best. I miss those so much. Can you imagine Anything Salah else? and Boban and Luka together? We don't have to get into the defense today. There's, there's no, time. No, I'm there's not time. talking about defense today. I said Salah's we don't have to. My last thing I want to mention, uh, Maxi Kleba is shooting 47% from three this season. Just want to keep throwing that out there. Three of five in this one. 13 points, six boards, three steals, two blocks, and an assist in this game for Maxi. Team high plus 13. The Mavericks are a great team when he's on the floor. Jackie Mack was on Sim, uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, and she was talking about the Mavericks, and she had a, a really good read on them. She said that the Mavericks need Maxi Kleba. He's a stabilizing force for them. Yeah, totally, totally right he, on. We know this, is, but it's good to see that other shame, people see this as well. Yes, and he is the Shane Battier. He's the Bruce Bowen. The Marcus he's, Smart, 100%. Yes, he's the Royce O'Neal for Utah. These guys are so yeah. important to the team. And I know from the outside looking in, you're like, all right, look at the stat line and you know what this guy – but no, he's important. He really is one of the best 3 and D guys. What you imagine for that 3 and D role – 
you know, on these teams and on these good teams. Maxi is one of the best in the league at that role. So, and he's so important to this team. He's on an amazing contract. We, I will fight to the end for Maxi Kleba. I will too. I will too. I had a friend that said I would kiss Maxi Kleba on the mouth if he, if he wanted it. My <laughs> <laughs> friend in Dallas that texted me that. I thought that was hilarious. Hey, just give him a call. <laughs> Uh, his girlfriend would appreciate that. All right, we will talk about the Dallas Mavericks more tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. We'll get, get into all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Five minutes to play. Doncic behind the back. What a pass to Dorian Finney-Smith. My goodness. Eyes in the back of his head. That is so special. 